This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for tonight. I just say help. Let you just release what you want out. We thank you that it's by your spirit. It's not by our strength, not by our might, but we're changed by you and you alone. So we just posture our heart right now of surrender so that we can learn, so we can be taught because there's so much to explore of you. So we thank you for um, the school of word and worship. And we thank you for where you have us aimed at as in faith, in this unhindered trust. So we thank you for it now in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So we're talking about unhindered faith, unhindered trust. And uh, to me, that, that means this, it means unhindered or limitless substance. It means limitless substance because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we have to be honest with this, with the substance, which to me is the tangibleness that you are being transformed with the tangibleness that God is in your life and people can see it. We have to be really honest with this. Faith is a tangible thing. Say tangible because it's substance. It's substance. It's very real. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, how do we get faith? Faith comes by right? We talked about it last week. Heather broke it down, talked about us being stabbed. Thank you for the picture, by the way. (laughs) Nightmares. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Very graphic, but it was beautiful. But she said, she said, we all, we own the scripture. Faith comes by, here's the, here's the, here's what I'm after though. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that word, word, which we know is rhema, say rhema. Now that's a spiritual word. And so I want to lay a nest before we even start of the difference between spirit and flesh. So I want to build a nest in Romans eight real quick, because this is important because if we don't find a nest in this, we're going to see little substance. There's a reason we, we, we have to understand the difference between the mind and the brain because God is spirit. And so Rama is spirit, say spirit. spirit, right? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you have your Bible, let's go to Romans eight. We're going to start in verse six. So I'm just going to lay a nest because we want substance. The world is waiting for the tangible expression that you've been transformed. And we have to be honest with this word. Um, I, I, I know for me, um, I'll just be honest. That it's easy to fake Christianity sometimes to put it like you have it all together. And I encourage you, I give you complete freedom to stop faking it if you don't have it together. Because the minute you stop faking it, you can experience grace. But until you, if we continue to fake like we have substance, we'll never meet him. We'll never truly be transformed, but we will be willpower in it in our brain. There'll never be substance there. There'll never be substance there. Does that make sense? So I encourage you, be real with what's going on. Um, this Sunday I got to preach and I shared about how there was no substance with the peace for my son. That in the storm, there was no peace. What came out was anger and rage. So I had to be honest there was no substance, which means he was not, he didn't transform me. I was trying to play it in my brain and transform myself and it was not working. Does this make sense? So let's find out before we go into the, into Jesus, into faith, we, we just have to lay a nest of spirit and flesh. Is that okay? Here we go. Romans 8, 6. This is in the New King James. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, if you have your phones, go to the Amplified. Because I love how the Amplified breaks it down. So it says this, right? Come on, he, this is our favorite. Oh, the, I always think of training center. Well, I, think, I think Amplified, I think, I think Heather and Training Center. 
So the mind of the flesh, here you go. Here's how you know if you're in the flesh. Here's how you know if you're in the brain and not in the spirit. Sense and reason without Holy Spirit. It means you began a a conversation without him. That's how we know we're in the brain. And what does it say? Is death, death that compromises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit, say spirit, there we go, is life and soul peace. Everyone say, I want that. Now you can't fake that. You can, but coming from a father of a two-year-old, it sucks. It's draining. And a lot of you know this. You've been in this place where you've tried to faith something yourself, right? I need more faith, so I'm going to faith it. That's human reasoning. What we're saying is, I got it, and he's not going to touch me yet. We're transformation, rhema, remember, faith comes by, I'm sorry. Hearing. Hear, say, say it again. Hearing, Hearing by the rhema, say spirit, Hearing. not your human logic. Because I have done this before. I've taken this word and I've tried to do this. I'm going to get more faith. So I take a scripture that I really like, and then I don't go to him, but I use my reason and logic to build an expectation. That's called religion. Because I didn't get it from him. I got it from my brain. I got it from my expectation. This is huge. Does this make sense? Everyone say expectation. Because sometimes I think, ooh, that expectation came from God. The reality is I didn't even go to him yet. And I'm a pastor and I catch myself, I do this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, for example, I've done this. By the stripes, I'm what? Healed, right? And I'll take a scripture and then I'll do this. I'm just going to go to Walmart and just smack every person I can. I've done that. Now, here's the reality of it. I've actually seen some fruit. But here's the thing. You know what I don't have? That life and peace that sustains. I eventually will crash. Why? Because I'm in my brain. Eventually, I will hit death. I will hit a place where I don't have life and peace, where he hasn't touched it yet. He hasn't, he, say he, he hasn't transformed it. I try to transform myself by my reason and logic. Did that just make sense? It's so easy how quick we can do that. But this is why I'm telling you, school, we need to begin to be real with what we're faking. This is how you know. The Spirit is, say, life and peace. That's how you know. Life and peace. But here's the thing, though. In the storm. I didn't know I was in life and peace until my son smacked my wife. He started doing this thing. And then I realized it's not there. Now, here's how you know. And I was talking to Pastor Gavin about this. And he's been... I've just been have so many questions for him, he says. And he said this, and it hit me. He says, when you become it, you know it. And you have to be honest with that. I, I, I know it because I became peace. Because when my son, when the storm came, there was nothing. I didn't have to fake anything. It was complete honesty. It was genuine. Say genuine. It was genuine, which means he got a hold of something. We have to be real about these moments. Because faith is spirit. It's real. You don't have to work it. What I mean is use your moral muscle. Does this make sense? Okay. Um, The second scripture I want to go to, um, I want to stay in Romans one more time, and then we'll go into the scripture. Let's look at verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through what? His spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, you, are, you, you were debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. 
I'm sorry, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Now here's what I'm after. But if by the Spirit, please say Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. He's the power. He has to do it. There's a reason we say that scripture, not by might, not by strength, not by power, but by his. So there has to come a time, and sometimes it takes a while, where you run out of steam in your human reason that you realize, I don't have it. And then you get to meet God who goes, yay, because <laughs> he gets to do it. Amen? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now I want to take us to um, go to Mark 4. We're going to look at Jesus now, because Jesus is going to teach us how to hear. I love this scripture so much. This is right after um, he tells us about the sower and the word. And he says this thing. So we're going to go to Mark 4. We'll be in New King James. If you have King James, go for it. I've been digging a lot the King James lately. Chris, can I be honest with you? I have your daughter's King James. She left it back there. I use it now. <laughs> when kids lose Bible, I'm like, oh, this is a nice one. Sometimes I struggle giving it back to them. <laughs> if you leave your Bible in my sanctuary, I study from it. <laughs> it's true. I opened it. I was like, Jaden? Like, oh. So I have her Bible. Here we go. Mark 4, 24. So this is all about the sower sows the seed, right? And the seed meaning what? The word, right? The word of God, right? The word. So this is Mark 4, 24. Here's the main scripture where I want to be at. Jesus says this right after he explains everything. Take heed of what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Verse 25. For whoever has to him, more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now I want to break down verse 24. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now Jesus is saying here, take heed of what you hear. Say heed. So if you look up this word, I love this word. I won't say bleepo. Rafa makes fun of me. I, I was using it a lot of, a few weeks back. It was my favorite word. Say bleepo. Now this word means this. You ready? It, it can mean two things. There's a natural, but there's also a spiritual connotation to it. So it means bleepo. It means this, to be possessed of the sight, to be locked in, to aim after, right? But it also means this, to turn the thoughts or direct the mind to a thing, to direct spirit, say spirit, not brain, spirit to a thing. Because here's the thing about hearing, take heed of what you hear. This is the biggest thing I'm learning, and I'm, I feel like an, I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur. There's hearing by the natural, but there's also hearing by the spiritual. And that's what we're after. That's what we're after. So it's take heed of what you hear. Now, this word bleepo, it's in a few other places, and I want to give you an examples of how Jesus used it. And every man knows the scripture. You don't have to go to it. I'll just, Matthew 5, 28. We all know it. Every man who bleepo at a woman lustfully has already what? Sinned in his heart. It's the same word. Any man that look at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So I'm aiming after, I'm seeking after. Now here's another um, 
Meaning, and here's, this is a beautiful thing. Here's another meaning of the word blipo. It means to perceive by the senses, to feel. Say, oh, thank God. Because sometimes we, we're like, we, 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 we like, it's okay. Feelings is a good thing. But there is a, a negative to this, to, to the natural. When I use human reasoning, right? Jesus is saying, like, when I see a woman and all of a sudden my gaze is on her, what happens? I use my human reasoning and I start doing things to her body, right? To the point where what happens? Does it birth a feeling? Do I get aroused? Yes. Yes, right? Say yes with me. Yeah. I know there's uncomfortable things, but Jesus, he's talking about looking at a woman lustfully. It's okay. It's human nature. Don't, don't kill yourself over this. <laughs> okay. So any man that bleepo at a woman lustfully. Now that's natural. That's human reasoning. There's another bleepo where I take it into the spirit and I get the same thing except from him. Instead of human reasoning, I get his perspective from it. And what happens when I birth that? Life and peace. Peace is a feeling. It really is. It's knowing. It's a calmness. There's, say, bleepo, right? There's an amen after it, but there's a spiritual thing. So everything we read in here, we have to understand, are we talking about the natural or the spiritual? Because everything has both. Does this make sense? So he's saying, take heed of what you hear. Bleepo it. Turn inwards. Direct your spirit to it. Why? Because God's going to paint a picture for you. Or if I use human reasoning, who's painting the picture? My brain. My brain. And we just read Romans 8, my brain is at enmity against God. Right? Right? When I lead from the brain first. Correct? Does it make sense? Okay. Another one that he uses it in Luke um, uh, 9.62. He says this, another scripture we know. You just write it down. Another scripture we know. Jesus says this, any man putting his hand to the plow, bleepo back, is what? Not fit for the kingdom of God. Now I want to break what he's saying down here because I get it. Because I thought it was a natural thing. It's a spiritual thing. What he's saying is this, any man that bleepo back is not fit for the kingdom. You know what that word fit means? It means useful to the kingdom or well-placed. Why? Because when I use my human, when I use my brain and I revisit my past, what happens? I disqualify myself from God. So I become not useful. This is what Jesus is saying. Because in the Roman, the spirit, are my sins forgiven? Can he bring up my past? Am I holy, perfect, flawless in this area? Absolutely. Do you see, do you, do you understand this? In this realm, I'm ready to be loved. But if I bleepo back, if I begin to really begin that, that human revolving of my past, I'm letting my brain have its way and I become my brain's tool. And what happens? We've all done this. We feel condemnation. Say condemnation. Now we know Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no... Okay, let's finish it now. Who do not walk, right? According to the... Right, right? So spirit. So does this make sense? Say bleepo. We all have to learn this. Because we've all done it, all of us have done it for good, but we also have done it for bad, right? We let that human nature take over. But we're not a slave to our brain anymore. Say amen. 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 All right, now I, I want to study um, in Mark 5, just the next chapter, I want to look at the, women, the woman with the issue of blood. Because she was able to bleepo it to the point where she got substance, say substance. She got the transformation. All right, we're going to be in Mark 5, 
And let's go to verse... Where do we want to start, Holy Spirit? We'll go, yeah, we'll start 21. Who said that? I heard a 21 whisper. All right, we'll start at 21. All right. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogues came to Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. So Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Love that word. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians for she had spent all that she had and was better and was no better but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I'm going to read that again. We're going to break that down. If only, she said, say she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself that the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you? And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, say daughter, daughter. your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now I want to go back to verse 28. Because she had to get to a point where this came out of her heart. For out of the abundance of the heart, the what? Mouth speaks. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. How did she get to that point? I'll tell you how. Now I'm just going to read these off for you. Um, don't, don't turn to them unless you want to write them down. Mark 139. This is before this. Jesus is preaching and casting out demons. And Mark 141, he cleansed a leopard. And Mark 2:12, he healed a paralytic. And Mark 3, verses 1 through 5, a withered hand had been restored. Mark 3, 10 through 11. Remember, this is all before. Listen to this. He healed many so that as many had afflictions pressed about to touch him, that they might be made well. So she already heard that testimony. People were already doing it. So right now, the testimony of Jesus is really filling the atmosphere with expectation. It's filling it. It's brewing. But how did she get it? Because other people are, taught, are, are touching him, right? They're, they're, he's thronged. He's in a, how was she able to do it? I believe she bleepoed. <laughs> now, here's what I mean by this, though. And this is her story because I found the same situation with my son 
what I shared on Sunday when I broke out in rage and wanted to murder him, just being honest. And even before that, there were times where I would squeeze him. That's rage. There's no transformation there. There's no substance. I hit like her to a place where I was desperate. Say desperate. Look at verse 25. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things, many physicians, she had spent all that she had and it was no better. She has tried to do her human reasoning with this. So she began to hear these stories and taking it to the place of spirit, say spirit. And I believe it was the spirit that testified to her who she was. It's happened before in the Bible. Remember when Jesus said, who do you say I am? What did Peter say? What did Jesus say back? Flesh and blood did not, your brain did not reveal that to you. You caught something in here. That's me. That is awakening. That is going to birth something inside you, Peter. I believe the same thing happened with her. She was tired of using her reasoning and logic that caused her to go into the spirit. And a lot of times, and I don't believe it's all the time, but I believe, unfortunately, it's a lot of times, especially here in America, it's comfortable in the knowledge part. It's the comfortable in that I have it all together, that I can rest on my bank account. I can rest on certain things. Sometimes we don't see the substance because we're fine with, without it. The human reason is working. I just have to be honest with you. Until the point you become desperate. Now, I don't believe we have to get to that point. I don't believe that. We can begin now. This, am, I, am I speaking to you tonight? So you don't, you begin now. This is what, I, I listen, she spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard, and what did you say about hearing? Take heed of what you hear. Take it to a place where you give me, this is what the picture that God gave me. Take that word and give me a blank space in your heart and let me paint. Let me use the Holy Spirit to birth something inside you. Let me paint. You've, you've painted with human reasoning and you got a little better, but now you hit a point where it's not sustaining, which we all have gone in our Christian walk, yes? Where sometimes we hit that wall. It's because we, we've leaned into human logic instead of letting the Holy Spirit do its job. And this takes practice. This takes sitting down and going, Holy Spirit, I know the scripture. What does that mean for me? What does this look like for me? And you have to do this. I'm going to say this, and I I really mean this, because I I have to do it now, because I feel like I'm reading the Bible for the first time. I have to do it with any time he tugs my heart when I read it. I don't blow by it, and I don't go, yeah, I've read that. I know it. I don't. Holy Spirit, you highlight this. (sighs) What does this mean? And here's what I wait for. His expectation. I don't use my human logic to build some expectation. It has to come from him. On Sunday, I talked about Psalm 62, verse 5. Write it down, where it says, waiting upon the Lord, which is something every single one of us have to practice. And I broke that word down. It means to grow dumb, to become silent because your human logic is not working. It's not working to where we have to sit and wait. And what happens? Our expectation comes from him. He shows me what's available. And here's why. Anytime I use my human reason logic, there's a cap on it. With him, I could always have more. It's limitless. Our substance that God is trying to burst is limitless. So if there's a cap on your substance right now, 
If you're being honest with the level of transformation you're seeing, you might be leaning into your own human reasoning and logic. Have you bleepoed with him? Have you give him the opportunity to paint? Does this make sense? I'll say it again. Expectation comes from him. Because sometimes I'll take a word of God and I'll bleep it up here and I paint. And that expectation is not, re- not really lining up with his. And so I wonder why it's not working. Has anyone ever taken a scripture and you're going, it's just not working? Please say yes. Yes, we're, we're learning. We're learning like this woman. Because here's the thing. You ready? The beautiful part about what this woman did. Are you ready for this? I love this part. Look at verse, we're going to jump two chapters ahead. Look at Mark 6.56. Look at the scripture. So now the woman got her healing. Now we're going to fast forward to the future. Now here's what's going on. Wherever he entered into the village cities or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Now everyone's getting in on it. Everyone now is in on it. Everyone's breakthrough is now mine. That is a spiritual concept, human reasoning. Now here's the thing though. Well, let's be honest. Let's, let's, let's take Jesus like who he was. Why weren't other people getting healing? Because they saw him in the natural. They were like, Jesus, he's famous. He's a movie star. That's natural. They're, they're, you're going to get nothing from the spirit. But my spirit recognizes, oh, Savior, healer, I can get that. Because only spirit can reveal that to me. Each one of you is in a season where the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal something to you. Are you going there? Are you waiting there? Are you getting there? Or are you using your reason and logic to get it? Is this making sense? Just think about it. It went from just a few people to then the woman with issue of blood. And now they're just chucking people at him, begging him that, you know what? Just give me the hem. Just give me that little hem. Faith comes by hearing that's spirit, not taking logic. Does this make sense? Okay. I feel done. That was fun. I want to end with Romans 8 one more time. I want to look at verses 5 through 8, what we just read now in the message translation. So if you have your phone, get the message. Pastor Kathy and I were talking. What did you call the message? The gutter Bible. Because it's just straight to the gut. It's just street language. And I love how it hits it. So what we just read in Romans 8. Here we go. Ready? Here's life in the spirit versus life in the... Here's human logic without God versus surrendering to what God is doing. Those who think they can do it on their own end up obsessed with measuring their own moral muscle, but never get around to exercising it in real life. Those who trust God's action in them, we're talking about unhindered trust, in them, what do they find? They find that God's spirit is in them, living and breathing God. Obsession with self in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God, or say bleepo, (laughs) leads us out into the open into a spacious free life focusing on self 
is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed with self ignores God, ends up, here we go, thinking more about themselves than God. That person ignores who God is and what he is doing, and God isn't pleased at being ignored. Why? Why isn't he pleased? In the New King James there, it says, what verse was that, eight? It says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. How many of you know that scripture? This is what I did with that scripture because that, that, that scripture didn't bring life and peace to me. So I said, obviously I'm off. Obviously I'm using my human reasoning because that scripture is not giving me peace. Because in this realm, say life and peace. And that word life is the word zoe. Say zoe. It's Marianne's favorite word, right, mama? It means this, absolute fullness of life. And ready for this? It means genuine. It means you're not acting, you're not faking it. It means he actually did something. It's genuine. It means possessed of vitality and resurrection life. So there you have to be honest with yourself. And that word peace is the word irene. I can't do it in my... And it means rest and quietness. And you ready? You, you know what it means? It means of the Messiah's peace. It means he's taken up inventory. You let him paint, he takes over. Now here's how you know. Here's how I knew. The storm came again. And I was taking a nap when my son was wailing on my wife. Now I'm not saying I just let her hear my ear. Do you understand? But I'm saying is that person wasn't there. He did something, say supernaturally. This is huge. I think we've taken out the supernatural of God because we're using our reason and logic. This is where you have to be honest with you. Did it happen supernaturally? And here's what I've learned from Pastor Gavin. When you become it, you know it. So if you don't know it, you haven't become it yet. He hasn't done it. So you have to be honest. Please, please. We need to be okay with not faking Christianity, which means showing our weakness, showing our things that are ugly. That's why we come to church. That's why we're around a body because those things get to come out. But if we keep faking it like we're in faith, there will be no substance. And the world is waiting for our substance. Does this make sense? He's waiting for it to change you himself. He wants to do it himself through his spirit. So everyone say, I am spirit first. Okay. And, um, I forgot where I was going with that. There was something else I wanted to go. Oh yeah, the Zoe. Okay, and I, I want to end with the Amplified. We can't rend- Roman. We can't end reading Romans eight without reading the end. Let's go to Romans eight, verse thirty-four. We're going to go in the Amplified. We all know this verse. But is there substance to this verse? Who is there to condemn us? Will Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who died, or rather who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, actually pleading as he intercedes for us? See, he wants you to get it. (laughs) Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword, even as it is written, for thy sake we are put to death all day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, yet, amid 
all these things we are more than conquerors. You can't fake that. That has to be birthed in you. And gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. Verse 38, here's Paul. For I am persuaded. Here we go. He talked about what is faith, the persuasion, the conviction. We've all been in it. For I am persuaded beyond doubt. I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us, say me, from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hear me right now, church. In this realm, you get him now. You, nothing, he is waiting to paint for you what love looks like in you. And it's going to be different for every single one of us. Anytime we lead from the brain, we're always hesitant to be loved, right? We disqualify ourselves. How many of you have ever disqualified yourself from enjoying God? Religion. <laughs> you just had did Christianity without God. Because if you go to him, he loves you the way you are. When I came to him with my rage, he said, yay. And I did what Romans 8 says, the spirit put to death that thing because I tried to do it with my human reasoning. Now I'll end with this. I keep saying this. This is huge because I want to talk about the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks that has to come from the inside out. Taking a scripture and just going, I'm more than conquerors, that's great, but that's not going to birth anything. I'm sorry to say it. I've done it. I've done it. I'm a gentle husband. I'm a gentle husband. That's good stuff. But it's better if I go into the spirit and he impregnates me with gentleness because that'll sustain. Because his word doesn't return void. You know what I've learned about my human reasoning? Over time, it returns void. I might get some sustaining, but it always ends, which means he didn't change me. I tried to change me. So out of the abundance of the heart, or ready for this, spirit, mind, I took it to him. I let him paint. I let him draw. I bleepoed. I turned my mind to the truth to let him do something. In other words, I surrendered my human logic to be a, to be a sheep, and I let him be a shepherd. Because Psalm 23, he says it, he leads me to joy. He leads me to life and peace. You can't fake it. So tonight you have to be honest with yourself. Are you faking it in any area? That means you're hesitating from enjoying him. It's keeping you. It's a barrier from being changed. This whole fake it till you make it, that's not Christianity. It's actually keeping you from being a Christian. Because <laughs> Christians are supposed to believe and know who their father is. And the Holy Spirit's job in Romans 8 is this. To make God's fatherhood real to you, tangible to you smell to you, see to you, hear to you. But we're all learning. It's sometimes easier just to go the natural, but I'm learning to see in the spirit. This Friday, we're releasing the new podcast with Pastor Babette, and it's all about spirit. And she kind of takes us on the journey of seeing in the spirit, hearing in the spirit, because we all are new creations, and we're learning how this new creation works, which is spirit. Say spirit. spirit. So say Yahoo. Yahoo. 
So we're all, we all have pull-ups on. We all have pull-ups on. We're all learning. There's no, there, there's only amateurs here. Amen. All right. Go ahead and put your hand on your heart. It's going to pray us out. And so go ahead and just practice right now, getting out of your brain and into the realm of being loved. Don't expect anything. Let him build this expectation for this moment. As Jing Guayan says, turn inward to receive love. Because that's where he lives. That's his arena. And he's waiting. Father, we thank you for your presence. That nothing can separate us from your love. Holy Spirit, help us, teach us, guide us to live from this place of knowing you. That we don't force it, but we surrender to your will. If there's any area of our life where we've been using our moral muscle, our brain as our strength, we just surrender it now and say, we don't got it. So we give you the reins to say, lead me. Guide me to the brooks of bliss. Guide me to the joy. Guide me to the streams of life and peace. Because we want the realness. We want the tangibleness. We want proof of transformation. We want the substance. So we just say, help us, Holy Spirit. We say, help us. Anytime we feel that condemnation, we just go, hey, brain, control, old, delete. And we begin the journey into the spirit where we're always loved, where you're waiting, where praying without ceasing is a beautiful dance and romance. Help us to begin this lifestyle of praying without ceasing. We love you, Father. We thank you for tonight, and I thank you for every one of your sons and daughters here. And I just speak blessing over them. Thank you for you, your guiding of them. Just bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.